Hey church family, my name is Saul. I am the worship pastor here at Cornerstone Church. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hope that this sermon inspires you, that it encourages you, and builds your faith. But we're so honored and thankful that you are listening in. Let's go ahead and just dive deep. And he was the mission he was a missionary years ago before the Ayatollah overthrew the government but he was a missionary one of our missionaries to the country of Iran back when the gospel was welcome you know in Iran I know you know you think you see what we've seen for most of most of our life that the gospel is not welcome in in the country of Iran and we hear everything but he was in Iran and been there for for years he had missionary started out as a mission missionary to India then to Sri Lanka, which is right below India, and then eventually moved over to Iran and had been there for several years and uh, working with the local uh, people, Christians there. And uh, <clears throat> this is the importance of learning to listen to the voice of God. And uh, he later related and told me the whole story, but they had a little girl that was probably at that time about nine months old. And he said, we had gone to bed for the night. He said it was about 1, 2, th- 2 in the morning, somewhere along in there. And uh, he said, I heard God speak to me to get up. <clears throat> and he said, you know, I just laid there and kind of dismissed it. I, I know we don't dismiss God. <clears throat> and he said, I kept feeling that urgency to get up. And he, he later told me this. He said, I, I, am, I, can't, I can tell you what it felt like. He said, it felt like somebody picked my bed up, knocked it to the floor and said, get up. And he said, I woke up and I immediately felt the presence of God in the room. So I didn't know what was going on. So I just went into the other room because my wife and our little girl was asleep. I went into the other room and just began to pray. And as I began to pray, he said, clearer than I've ever heard God in my life. He said that I, if people would have been in the room, I'd have, I'd have, looked at it as, and told him it was an audible voice. He said it was that clear, that distinct. I knew it was God, and I knew the urgency of the moment. And he said God spoke to him and said, uh, you, need to, you, your wife, and your child, you need to meet with all of your ministry team at, that morning. I, I shared this with a group. may have been y'all a few weeks ago, but it's so uh, pertinent right now. But he said... Um, and tell them you're leaving the country and you don't know when you'll be back. And he said, uh, you know, I, I learned to just obey God. You know, sometimes when it don't make sense, you just need to obey God. And he said, so I met with the minister, called him at 7 in the morning and told him to meet. We met with him uh, about 8 o'clock and uh, we told him we were leaving the country. We had already packed. He said the he said, when we called to get our, at daybreak, when we called, to, when the airline opened up to get a ticket, there were, we needed two, two tickets. There were no tickets available. All the flights were booked. And we said, we, 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 we want you to take our number, and if anything comes available, we want you to call us. And he said, we just prayed. We said, God, you spoke to us to be on that. It was 11 or 11.30 flight. You told us to be on that flight, but it's full and if we're supposed to be on that flight, work it out. And he said about 30 or 40 minutes later while we're meeting with the staff, he said the airline called and said we had a cancellation of two in first class. He said, I'll take them. 
You know, when God says move, it don't matter what it costs. And he said that flight left Iran, and it, uh, it uh, changed planes in Melanie's favorite airport on that side of the globe, Heathrow, I believe it, or it was Paris. I don't. It, and uh, he said we had, because of the flight, he said we had about a four or five-hour layover in that airport. He said we'd gotten some, you know, lunch. We had left so quick, threw our stuff in suitcases, left. And he said it was in that airport in Heathrow. He said that it came breaking news that a couple of blocks from where we lived he was the presidential palace and there was a government coup and, the, and uh, the, the military overthrew the government which is now what we see today and he said you know he, I've heard him tell other men he said I'm telling you it pays to learn to hear the voice of God and we're living in an hour right now we need to hear the voice of God Amen. Uh, we, we started talking a few weeks ago. You remember I asked you about four or five weeks ago, uh, I wanted to see who it was in here that never has any problems, never has to face anything, anybody. I don't know if, if anybody missed that, you know, nothing. I mean, everything, we all go through things. We all have things that we we need to, uh, we need to, uh, hear the you know hear the lord on and it doesn't have to be big things but yet we're living in an hour we as the church need to hear big things i was watching it showed up and this happened last month in quebec canada last month i'm not talking years ago i'm talking last month in canada that's our neighbors to the north that are very open to the gospel and very friendly to the gospel this was last month and I watched uh, uh, Church of God, uh, <clears throat> it, it showed up, and I watched the whole video, but uh, they were under court order not to have church. And, I, I mean, if I, I've been to Canada. We've, I've preached in the churches in Canada. Very, I mean, it's just like being in the United States. And I'm telling you, last month, May, I think it was like May the 21st or something, uh, you know, and you knew they all knew each other because the pastor said, "Bill, we're going, we're going as a church, going to try to make this as easy." Melanie's holding. I'll do it. I'll get to it in a minute. I had forgot about it, but I'll get to it in a minute. <clears throat> she y'all don't know it. Y'all don't understand what the pastor sees. Sees. I see all. I see everything from up here. You just need to know that. You just need to know I see everything. But Melanie's holding up offering bucket over her head. Let me finish my story. What was my story? Oh, Canada. I'm in Canada. And, uh, and uh, last month, last month in Canada, and the, the pastor looked at the, the sheriff, which would be the equivalent to the sheriff, and he said, Bill, we're, I think he said, Bill, we're going to make this as easy for you as can. But under the uh, court order, they, the government took over the church, put the people out, and uh, and changed the government, changed the locks of the church. Listen, I'm telling you, that's too close to home. And you know what the pastor said? They inter they, they, the pastor was talking. He said to my Christian brothers and sisters all over the world, he said, we are a gospel-friendly nation, and this is what happened to us this morning. He said, it's because we got lax, and we just let things go. And he said, the church needs to arise. 
Listen, I'm telling you, we, you know, I, I, I'll just, I'll tell you, I, don't, I have no desire, I, I have no desire to spend the night in jail. Just, you need to know that up front. <laughs> I have no desire to spend the night in jail. I have visited jail. I have visited prison. I've experienced it all, but I got to go home at the end of the day, right. you know, and, uh, but, but I'm telling you, as a church, we, we let, you know, we can't let things just keep going. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we're living in an hour that we need to hear the voice of God. We take a I, I'm I'm just talking here right now, working my way to the offering. But, uh, we, we, you know, we're just, uh, uh, we take a lot of things for granted in this country. And I don't want to get down on a generation, but we got a young generation that, that uh, I, we put it, we invest as much as we do into kids, into teenagers, because I'm telling you, that's going to be, when we're all old, when we're old, I'm looking at the group in here, we're not old yet. Well, a couple of you are looking, but, but, <clears throat> but we're not old. I don't look, you know, it's funny, when I was young, I thought somebody our age was old. I mean, that John was old, but now that we're all about the same age, y'all look just fine to me. I'm telling you, y'all are looking good. But, uh, but I'm telling you, we've got, to, we've, got, we've got to be able to hear the voice of God, recognize the voice of God, but we invest as much as we do because they're a generation, and they're, 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 they're coming up in that generation, and they're going to make a difference. I'm not worried about this. I, I'm really not worried about what the church, what the, our church, I'm going to talk about our church. I don't, I'm not worried about what it's going to look like because we're investing in a generation. I mean, I've known Heather since she was, <clears throat> since she was a puppy dog. <laughs> you know, she was little. How old were, Becky, Peggy, when we got here, how, 20 years, how old you were seven years old. Children's church. Seven years old. And we made sure they got to camps. We try we do the best we can on children's man, ministry, invest we the most we can in you. We buy a van, we do all that. We're not trying to be the the biggest and the best, but I'm telling you, we want to invest into people like Heather, who at seven years old, and somewhere along the way, uh, God began to stir within her, and she has a heart for Indy, and y'all get a good look at her, because there's going to be the day that she's not going to be sitting here, because we're going to be visiting her in India. And there, she's not the only one. There's other people that God has stirred within. And so we've got to be willing to invest and put our time and our money and our effort and, and everything. And I believe in this, this generation. Now, I know there's some of them that are stinkers. But I'm telling you, there's probably a generation above you and I that's looking at you and I one day and said, boy, they're stinkers. And look what God's, you know, God still uses us. And, and so we just want to, you know, we just want to be faithful with what we have, but we want to hear the voice of God. And when God says do something, we want to do it. Yeah. Sometimes we do something, we do things, we do things in missions because God, uh, t you know, just kind of touches our heart about it. And we do it and we find out stuff later. Y'all want to hear the Tingo Maria story about the going over the mountains? Because some of you have been over those mountains and you may not know this story. Uh, where we go, those of you that have gone the last couple years into that 
uh, the area where we go into, it's, it's pretty calm over there, but when we first started going, it wasn't that calm. We had to fly into Wanaku and then do a four to six hour, depending on uh, the weather conditions, and if there was mudslides along the way, we'd have to go over the mountains. And uh, we went the first year, uh, no problem. We went the second year, no problem. Third year, we uh, arrived at the airport. And remember, I told y'all, I don't know if it's Sunday morning last week, but I told y'all that uh, even on that flight that I thought we were going to crash, I smiled for everybody on our team. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, help us get out of this. And so everybody's saying, is this normal? I'm going, oh, yeah, we were going to be just fine. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a faith person. I, I think Tina was on that flight. That Tina, let me tell you, there is, there are, uh, uh, I think she's been to uh, she's been to Peru three or four times. Is it three times or four? Twice, three times. There are three 747s in uh, United's fleet that have Tina's finger <laughs> embedded in the seats because that Tina could help that pilot lift that plane off the runway <laughs> and help him put it back down. I mean, you could look back and she is straining to get that thing up in the air. But uh, but uh, uh, we traveled and that, yeah, we, we arrived in Wanaco and, and I got out, we, we got out of the uh, airplane, we were in the airport, everybody's out there hugging and smooching all the people we see didn't see since last year and and man, I, I got that feel, you know, that uneasy. You, you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, get everybody on the bus and get out of here. Listen, you don't have, when I hear the Lord like that, you don't have to talk to me another time. I looked at everybody. I said, come on, everybody on the vans. And they're hugging. I said, oh, we went to get drinks. I said, we'll get them in a minute. Get on, the, let's go. We got to get, and I'm smiling and I'm doing all this stuff. And we get on and we get out of there and we go on and we finish the whole missions trip. Uh, Pastor Kimball, who will be with us in a couple of weeks, uh, I think he, he comes in uh, two weeks. Y'all know Renee's going to be here Sunday. Y'all, yeah. we're, we're going to turn her loose. That means we're going to have long altars at the end of service. And if, you know, I can just, uh, it's going to be great and you don't want to miss it. So Renee's going to be with us Sunday morning. Then Brother Kimball will be with us in two weeks. Uh, but he was with the team that came in right after me. We get back to the States, and I call him uh, about a month later, and I said, hey, I forgot to talk to you about something. When we landed in Wanaco, he said, I, I, said, I, I said, the Holy Spirit told me, real, real plain, real plain, get everybody on the, on the vans, buses, and get over the mountains. And he, I, said, he, I said, I felt like we were being watched. And he said, I didn't tell you. You know, I, don't, I want everybody to tell me something if there's something to tell. I said, no, you didn't tell me. He said, we were being watched. We, in fact, we've been, our teams have been being watched since the first year we went. He said, the mountains are ruled by the drug cartel that we cross. And he said, the drug cartel had been watching us. And he said, the week before you got there, or two weeks before, a couple weeks before you got there, he said, the drug cartel sent somebody, a messenger, to talk to me. And they said, we've been watching your teams cross the mountains for these last several years. We know what y'all are doing over there. And we have, we have kids that are living on the streets in all of our villages. And this is what the drug cartel said. 
if y'all would be willing to build an orphanage in our village, we would pay for it. Now, we've not taken them up on that offer. I mean, I mean, I can just see the world news. Pastors from Louisiana and Texas imprisoned in Peru during a drug raid. And we're, our story is we're building a children's home, and they're saying, yeah, okay, all right. But we, we kind of, we realize that, you know, we had safe passage over the mountains because anybody that worked for the U.S. government was forbidden to be on that highway. And so we were given safe passage. But, I, uh, but, but you know, God, you know, God will watch out for you. But you got to listen. You got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Y'all can sit down. I'm not going to do the offering right now, but I'll do it in a minute. A minute. Melanie, put that bucket right up there on the top so I won't forget it, but I'll do it right at the end of service. Amen. Everybody's their best giving at the end. Amen. Amen. But 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 here here here's what I want to talk, you know, kind of continue on tonight. Listen, in the hour we're living in, we've got to learn to listen to the voice of God. And we've got to be able to navigate trying times. So if I had to label this, how how do I live kingdom living? In unsettling times I, I could even title this how do you keep the victory when things aren't lining up and working out because just because it's not working and here's what I want to tell you just because it's not working in your time frame doesn't mean God's not working it out and I'm just going to tell you and this is from hands-on personal upfront experience God's timetable and our timetable is not the same. You know, when God says he's going to work it out, we're looking at him right now. Right now. I ought to do a sermon on right now God. Because there are some things God does right now. But there's some things that it doesn't happen right now, but I can't quit and give up because it's not happening like the Word says. I've got to remain steady and faithful. I shared with somebody one time, you've heard me say it before, I'm telling you right now, if I never felt the presence of God again until I got to heaven, and I never heard the voice of God again until I got to heaven, do you want me to tell you what I'm going to do with the rest of my life? Exactly what I'm doing right now. I don't need to have, and I want you to hear my heart, I don't have to have God tell me every week what to do. You know why? He told me what to do. 20-something, 30-something years ago, and until he tells me something different, I'm going to keep doing it. So I'm also going to be faithful with what he told me. So if God never gave me another set of instructions or, or direction the rest of my life, I'm going to stay steady in, in the course of what, what, what I'm doing now because I'm going to tell you this is going to shock everybody. Everybody get ready to go, oh, do you know there are some times that I don't feel spiritual? I know, it's hard to believe. Do you know, do you know, I know this is going to surprise you. Do you know that there has been some Sunday mornings that I did not want to come to church and worship with you? I didn't want to get out of bed. The spirit was willing. The flesh had dug in. That happened, I, I, I haven't told this in a long time. That happened when we pastored in Houston. And uh, I'd had a, you know, I was working a job. I mean, I look back on it, and it's just, I don't know how we did it. 
a, a, a Melanie was helping. Melanie was going up to her mom and dad's Monday through Friday. We're trying to make ends meet. She was helping daddy bail hay Monday through Friday, and she'd take Justin and, and Sarah when they were little bitty, and they'd sit in the air-conditioned cab tractor and play with toys while, while they're bailing hay. I'd work a job all week long. I'm trying to finish Bible college correspondence, finish it up to get my, my, my ministry degree, working a job, trying to buy our first home. And then we started pastoring this church that had 12 people in it when we got there. And I might as well tell you, Melanie called them the faithful 12. I called them the dirty dozen. I mean, it was, I'm telling you, we, saw, we looked at the same group of people and I'm telling you, we saw them differently. <laughs> and uh, but God grew the church and grew up. But I'm telling you, I had a, one of those weeks. Have you ever had one of those weeks? It just oh, you just glad it's over. And then on Sunday morning, I got to church and people started coming up and telling me it's stuff. And I just had it. We had Sunday school. And I just had to get out of there. I, so I told I told somebody. I said, look, I got to go for a drive. I'll be back by you know in 40. 40 minutes when church is out, and I'm, I've just got to get out here and get my thoughts right and just, you know, pray for just a minute. And I got out in the car, and I, you know, I got to looking around, and I went in a neighborhood I'd never been at over by that church, and, and, uh, and then I just kept driving around, having a, you know, all getting all that junk off of me, and I'm ready to preach now. I mean, I, it's stirring, and then I realized I'm lost. I have no, that was before cell phones, that was before GPSs. I mean, I didn't even have a Texas road map in my car. You know, the big paper thing that your mom and dad had a big fight over on vacation, you know, that was all out on the dash and all that. And, uh, and, and then I just started driving. Then all of a sudden, I, I, that, that church with Pastor was on Beltway 8. And all of a sudden, I came out and I saw a freeway coming up. When I got up, I was out way out Interstate 59. And I knew because I drive the freeways every, do, every day, I knew that I was at least 30 minutes from church. The problem was service started in 15. They all knew that I was having a hard week. My st church staff knew I was having a hard week. Melanie was there. She didn't know where I was. They said, she said, where's Kevin? They said he went for a drive. Now it's 10, 15 minutes after. She's thinking, she told me later, she said, I thought you'd quit and just went home. <laughs> we showed, I showed up at church and, and, uh, Man, they were relieved. They were just finishing up worship, and I, I walked in. Listen, you learn with me. I walk in like a, I planned it all that way. I just said, uh, you know, that was good worship and everything, and I didn't want to tell them that I'd been lost for the last 30 minutes. And uh, but, but, you know, uh, even in that, I never thought of quitting because God hadn't told me to. You, you following me? So so how do you keep, <clears throat> how do you keep keen if I, if I, thought of the kingdom of God. How do I keep kingdom thought, kingdom living in untrying times? Amen? Here's, here's what I want to tell you. The, the, number one, and I'm going to just give you some bullet points, just some thoughts to think of and keep in mind. Number one is you need to have an understanding of the Word of God. Everybody say understanding. You need to have an understanding of the Word of God. That means you've got to have more than just I read it one time. I, it, 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 I, I, I'm, people that know me know I'm not debating any. I'm not. 
I am open to discuss Scripture. I am not going to debate it. And I learned that a long time ago because I had somebody that, you know, in, in my own family that we started discussion at a family thing, at, you know, church, something about church and, and came up and, and religion and everything. And people were talking and I, I interjected my thought and I said, well, you know, the Bible says this and, and gave them chapter and verse and quoted what it said. And I'll never forget what, my, what you know, one of my family members, they said, well, I know it says that, but I don't believe that way. You know, I'm telling you, I can't help somebody like that. I mean, they're my own family. I can't help somebody like that. It doesn't matter how, if we believe it that way. It is what it is, and it said, God said what he said, and he's not going to change it just because we don't believe that way. Thank you. Amen? Amen. So we've got to have an understanding of the Word of God, not a head knowledge, and this is what we talked about, I think, last week. Not a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. I mean, a down into your knower. You know, there's some things that I don't change because in my knower, I know it works. And I've had people, I've had people say, uh, you know, well, you know, that was under the old covenant or this and that and all that. I, listen, I'm telling you, it is in my knower. You don't have to do it, but I'm telling you, I'm doing it because it's working in my life. It works in everybody that I know that does, you know, it works in their life. I'm going to keep doing it this way and, uh, and just being, you know, just keep being faithful. What is that? It is settled within me. Though my flesh has those moments that I don't want to come to church, it is settled within me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to church. We're going to assemble ourselves somewhere. I'll never forget we the first time years ago, Nathan, our youngest, who, you know, our, our youngest, uh, who's a doctor now. Uh, he he uh, he. Uh, we went on vacation to San Antonio. You know. Uh, you know, we went to San Antonio because we didn't have any money. And it was, uh, you know, we could do a lot of free stuff. I'm telling you, that Melanie was a master. We didn't have money, Wes. I mean, but that Melanie was a master at making it like we had. It was a planned vacation. I mean, we went to the, we went to the uh, San Antonio Zoo, and the kids would have thought we were VIPs. And, I mean, we didn't hardly have any money. I mean, we're making sandwiches and everything. And, and uh so, so we're, you know, we're there, and uh, uh, it, it's just, set, you know, it's settled in us to go to church. But we had decided we didn't want to go to church. Now, I'm telling you, you can, you know, it's all right. I, 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 you can miss church. I mean, I mean, it, it's all right. And, uh, but that little Nathan, he was little. He had been watching John Hagee on, on TV, and he said, he asked, is he a little... It was a Wednesday night. We didn't want to go to church. I mean, I, the, the reverend didn't want to go. The reverend's wife didn't want to go. The two oldest kids didn't want to go. We did not want, y'all understand, it was Wednesday night. We're on vacation, and we don't want to go to church. Little Nathan just kept on. Oh, but this is where it, John, but John Hagee is. I want to go to John Hagee's church. I, so he just kept on all afternoon to where we just gave up and went to John Hagee's church on Wednesday afternoon. And y'all know me. I've told you we are front row people. 
We dress up, we get up, we had, you know, we could make some church attire out of what we had brought. And, uh, and uh, we, we get to John Hagee's church on Wednesday night and we sit about four rows back. I mean, we're, if we're going to be there, we're going to get it all. We're going to be up close. They finished worship and they were having their annual church business meeting. I mean, they brought tables out. People are sitting there. They're getting the parliamentarian over here. And I look at Melanie, and we're trying to figure out how are we going to get out of this church because we love Brother Hagee. We love Cornerstone Church in San Antonio, but we don't care what you spend your money on. <laughs> And I'm telling you, it took us three quarters away through the business meeting before we could figure out how to get out of, that, out of that church. But see, those are things that are settled within us. You gotta learn to settle some things in you because there's gonna be opportunity to quit along the way. And if you don't have it settled, then you're gonna fight a battle that you really don't have to fight if you'd have taken care of settling it a long time ago. So uh, a clear understanding of the word will we'll help you settle those things. Those things We quoted this a couple of weeks ago, Mark 16 and 20. Uh, when I get the word working and active in my life, here's why you've got to settle it. When I get that word working and active in my life, the promise of that word is, is God will confirm that word with signs following. You settle it, you do it, even if you're not seeing results, but you hang on because signs are going to follow. <clears throat> I, I learned, I, you know, I, I don't have to learn everything through a book. I also don't have to learn everything by making mistakes. I can learn from your mistakes. You know, if I see it doesn't work in your life, why do I need to try? Amen? Amen. I used to, when I, we first started uh, in ministry, I, 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 I could break out in a sweat, you know, wondering if, wondering if somebody was going to show up to church. I worried about what the attendance was going to be on Wednesday night, on Sunday morning, Sunday night. If we did something special during the week, I just, oh, I wonder if people are going to show up. Until a pastor sat, he said, listen, he said, quit worrying about that. You got pressure on you. He said, let me tell you about something. I said, what? He said, the anointing draws people. I said, what do you mean? He said, look everywhere you, everywhere Jesus went. Uh, he was, the word says he was anointed by God. And everywhere he went, a crowd followed him. He said, you're worrying about stuff. If you'll just spend your time with the Lord, spend time, you know, and, and stay in the anointing. He said, you'll never have to worry whether somebody's going to show up. I'm telling you, it just took a load off me. I've never worried about if people were going to show up. I mean, I've never worried about that. Now, don't y'all get together and say, hey, let's don't show up next Wednesday and see what it, <clears throat> you know why? Because God will tell me you did that, and then I'm going to call you. <laughs> Amen. So when you know the word, it'll, it'll settle those things in your life, and then you don't have to carry it. Now, think of it this way. The word, this, this, this is so good. The word is like a big magnet. Drawing every, you know, the scripture says every good thing and, you know, perfect thing is from the Father above. Now, look at it as the word. You get the word, settle it in you. The word working in your life is like a big magnet that'll draw all that stuff to you. Think of this scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you now we are we are really a materialistic nation and we really when you talk about things if I just said hey I want you to think about some things I mean I'm telling you who's already got the new car in their mind I got one I mean who's got the big screen TV and we we as America we understand things and having things and, and, and so many times I've seen people, and, and I've been guilty, I've done it too, uh, we'll do all our focus on trying to get things, things, things. I don't know if you've, if you've realized this about your things, but my things quit working. You know, they rust out, the engine quits, the kids break it. You know, those things, we, we you know, we, we had one that would just, I mean, you'd get them something at the dollar store or the dollar tree or whatever it was and it'd make it about halfway home before they broke it and they'd have a meltdown in the back seat <laughs> so you know what Melanie started doing with every gift the kids got she'd give them this speech now you know this isn't a forever gift it's going to break well yeah because of the way they did it and plus if it made noise their daddy would make sure of it yeah. <laughs> I'm being truthful with you. I did. I'm telling you, they got a fire engine one. They got a fire engine one year for Christmas. About this big, had lights. It was fun to play with, but it had a siren in it for about three days. <clears throat> and then when the kids went to bed at night, it had an operation to remove the siren. And then the next day, uh, y'all can tell them this. I don't care because. I don't care anymore, but they don't know this to this day that I did that. And you can tell little Justin after church, your daddy's the one that took the, that siren didn't just quit working. Your daddy cut the wires. And I don't think he knows that to this day. But don't spend all of your effort, and I want to say it this way, don't spend all of your faith trying to get things that are going to change when the new fad goes, comes around. But if you'll seek first, see, the Word is like a big magnet. The anointing. If you'll just seek God, don't, God's big enough to take care of those things. He is big enough to take care of those things. I'm going I'm to set myself up for the offering. I'm going to tell you my offering report, my, my offering story. We had been going. Uh, uh, we had uh, we'd been going to Peru for several years. Brother Kimball and I found ourselves in the national office for the Assemblies of God in in Lima, Peru, and it was a meeting with the general superintendent, and all of his staff. Now that's that's the big boys, and I mean we're in there, and I'm sitting there. I'm just there because I know Brother Kimball. I don't know any of these guys, but I'm in the conference room with them. And, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to act like I'm supposed to be there, Ken. You know, I'm not going to let them. I don't even. And I'm telling you, we're sitting there, and, and, and it was all, that was the year. I mean, it was a little bit heated in there because uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Assemblies of God for the whole nation uh, had made a commitment to the children's home. And we were as churches, Brother Kimball's church, our church, a couple more churches, we're making an investment in this, and the, the, the national office never picked up their end. And, and you all know this about Brother Kimball. Uh, he's going to 
deal with you about it. And I mean, we're in there, and I'm, th I'm all thinking we're going to sing Kumbaya in a minute, and I'm in the National Office of the Assemblies of God. And Brother Kimball said, well, listen, really what we're here, brothers, is he reached into his briefcase, and he pulled out one piece of paper, and I think it's called a promissio. Is that right? Did I say it? A promise? Uh, Amanda, my Spanish people, promissio. And uh, y'all don't know, do you? Did I say it right? Where's Saul? Well, how do you say it? Yeah. <clears throat> Let me tell you, I know when I, when I know what, when I hear that word, I know what it means. He pulled out a document and he slid toward the general superintendent and basically looked at him and he said, y'all didn't keep your promise. And I sat there that year and I listened to the national general superintendent look at us and do this after there's a little, you know, when you call somebody on it, it'll ruffle some feathers. I mean, there's other people in there, too. And I didn't know we were going You know, Brother Kimball didn't tell me we were going to talk about this. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And, uh, and, and, and the general superintendent, who was just the neatest guy, he put, it, and he put his hands up and he said, Brothers, he said, I need everybody to, to quit talking. Because his, his people are getting stirred up. Brother Kimball's... And you can tell Brother Kimball, I said it. He starts turning red from about here, and it just goes all the way to the back of his head. And I mean, I know when he's upset, and he is upset. And the, and the national superintendent said, the district uh, general superintendent, he said, he said, brothers, please be patient with us as Peruvians. He said, our whole life. Now, this is an old man. He said, we have only been a recipient of missions and giving. We have never been challenged to do it. And he said, please be patient with our pastors. That was the year we had spent three years. We had done a couple of pastors conferences. I did one with Pastor Gene Johnson from Champion Cowboy Church. He did not want to go. He went kicking and screaming because he did not want to be very far from his Dodge pickup truck. That's, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you, he said, do you, how, if something goes wrong, how am I going to get home? I said, I don't know. We're just going to pray that nothing goes on. Gene, just come on. You keep telling your church to go on mission. So he goes. And you know why he went? Because he had got a world map out and found out if things go bad, he could buy a car in South America and drive it all the way to Texas. I said, you're kidding. I, he said, no, I can drive it all the way. I said, I'm telling you, I'd rather fight the army here in Peru than make it across Mexico with my life. <laughs> Central America and Mexico. And uh, so we're there. That was the year. We had spent three years of, of teaching the word, but we had given a whole lot into it. And personally, Mally and I have, and, and, and a lot of you have. That was the year we got ready to go. And I think that trip total, I don't remember. I mean, I had probably, we had to pay uh, expenses. We had a large team that year of about 22 total. That's, that's with the, the people that travel with us when we get to Lima and, uh, and um, uh, uh, that. And, and in our, I think we had 18 or 19 that year. So, it, it, you know, you, you, you think a few kids can run your bill up. You pay a bill for, for 22 people. And I, I'm telling you, it, you know, so we, I had thousands of dollars to pay the, those bills. But everywhere I'd go that year, see, you you got to settle some things that God will take care of you if you'll just stay faithful. Yeah. 
everywhere we went that year, it, was go it should have been our biggest year to have to put money into the mission field. Everywhere I went, everywhere, I'm talking in Lima, which cost a bazillion dollars to stay overnight all the way to Tingo Marie. Everywhere I went, people would say, we have, Pastor, you, you, thank you so much. We have figured a discount in for you. I like discounts in any, in any country. The hotel, the hotel. I took Melanie one year and we went and took about 12 pastors, 10, 9, 10, 12 pastors' wives. And the only way all their husbands would let them go is we'll let them go with Melanie if, if Pastor Kevin will go. If, so I'm telling you, brother, I went to South America and I was traveling with about 10 women. Pastor Victor met me at the airport, and he saw my eyes. And he didn't say, hi, I love you. I hadn't seen you in a year. Pastor Victor looked at me, and he put it, I'll never forget it, in, in English. He put his hands out, and he said, patience, brother, patience. <laughs> Melanie sums it up this way. Kevin went with us, and it was like herding 10 cats through South America. I'm telling you, but I did it. But that year we went, we've been staying faithful. Everywhere we went, somebody would say, we even went to some places, they said, somebody's taking care of your bill. Now, I don't know how much our bills were. That was the year we were leaving Tingo and Maria on our, on our uh, last day. We were staying out at the place that was, the we called it the zoo. Some of y'all stayed there and all those animals and we're out there staying. And somebody uh, come in and they said, Pastor Victor's waiting outside your room. He'd like to see you. So I come out and Pastor Victor, I looked at him. I said, let me go get somebody to help us talk. You know, because my Spanish is horrible. His English is horrible too. And he looked at me and he said, no, brother, you and I. And Pastor Victor and I sat outside that hotel room while our group was loading up in the van to head back over the mountains and he said I have something for you I want to sow into your church now I'm going to tell you when you when you see people now they've built a big church there now but I'm telling you we've been going when they didn't have much I've been in his home some of you have been in their home personally some of you have been to some of the homes and how the people live and uh uh, he handed me an envelope, and I could tell it had money in it. And as he handed it to me, I said, Pastor Victor, I, I don't want to take this. And he looked at me, and tears welled up. And he said, please, brother, take it. I want to sow. Y'all have come for so many years, and you've given to us. I want to sow into your church and your ministry. I said, Pastor Victor, we don't need this. And he, I'll never forget what he said. He looked at me and he said, you've been teaching us for three or four years at that time to be givers. That if we'll honor God when he says give, that he'll take care of all of our needs. And he looked at me and he said, is that not what you said? And I looked at him and tears welled up in my eyes. I said, give me that. And I mean, we have a, I mean, I, I haven't seen him in two years, but I can tell you when, you know, when we get to go back and see him, it's going to be like, we're going to start cutting up. He picks on me. Brother Kimball told me, he said, I've, he's, he never connects 
that quick with people. I mean, we start picking on each other. One year, I called him. We had a, I had a team. We had some teams that had gone, and I had to talk to him. I said, y'all send word to Brother Victor that when I arrive at the airport, I expect him to be there. Now, he knew I was picking. Now, the, the missionary over there was a nervous wreck. I said, just tell him what I said. You can tell him I said it. You're not saying it. Well, this is what the word I said. I said, you tell him I want him at the airport holding big signs and banners when I arrive, welcoming, welcoming me at the airport. Now, Brother Victor is a pretty big deal in the country. I arrived at the airport, and he had a group of people from the church and then the kid, the interns that were there, and he was, I'll never forget it, he was leaning against the post there at the airport and just looking at me. He didn't wave at me. He didn't, I'm waiting for him to come over and greet me. And so I go over to him and I, and I said, how are you doing? And he just kind of looks at me and points at us. They have a banner. I didn't see the banner. <laughs> they have a banner at the airport that said in English and Spanish, welcome gringos. <laughs> <laughs> And as soon as I read it and started laughing, he didn't even say hi, welcome. He, he had a meeting or something to go to. He just left and went and got in the car, and we laughed about it that night. But he did it. When I got home that year, I have to buy, you, we call it balancing the trip. So that means I've got a, you know, money we have spent. I got to, you know, make sure we get receipts everywhere. Listen, you, 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 get, you can get receipts anywhere you go. Now, I brought receipts back on I'm telling you, I brought them back on tore off pieces of cardboard and somebody from, you know, the market. And, you know, I, I mean, you can get a receipt. So, so we balance it all out because we want to be able to account for every dollar we, you know, we spend on Mr. That year when we count out, I kept counting my money again. Then I had to go back. I said, Jesse, how much money did we take, you know, when, when we cash got some cash to go and then i'd go in and work with it again everything listen to me we, we're going into south america i have the largest team but i'm talking about you got to stay steady with the word when we balanced our books here uh i had almost within a thousand dollars or so couple thousand i had i had the same amount when we got back to the united states as i took with me and we're, we're paying stuff, but people are giving. People at the market were coming up. Pastor Kevin, they put money, man. And I'll tell you, after, after Brother Victor said that to me, if somebody walked up, uh, uh, you know, and I even knew their situation, if they did, because I don't want to be the reason that God's not, you know, God's not blessing them. So, man, I'm taking, listen, I can tell you tonight, if you feel led to give me money after church, I'll feel led to take it. <laughs> you know, and the reason why, and Brother, but Brother Vic talked, he said, if you don't allow me to do this, then you are robbing me and my church. Well, I don't want to be a robber of anybody. And so, you know, and God's blessed them, and God's blessed us. But you've got to settle some things before you get to those things. Because if you don't settle some things, then what's going to happen is, is the enemy's going to come in and he's going to, he's going, it isn't going to take him much to talk you out of it. And then you're going to get down the road and you're going to look back and say, well, I wonder what would have happened if. 
And I can tell you, I don't, I don't, there's, I don't want, I don't want to get down the road and wonder, well, I wonder if I'd have done this, or I wonder if I'd have, listen, I'm telling you, I just want to hear the voice of God, but to do that, I've got to know his voice. And I've got to settle some things with what the word says. And if the word says it, even, even though I may not be seeing it, I've just, I got to know that God will, God will do it. Amen? Amen. All right, Melanie, hold that bucket up. All right, guys, come on, because we're out of time. Let me pray over, uh, let me just pray over you, given tonight, and uh, um, that God will bless you. That word bless means to increase. Amen? So if you put it in God's hands, I had, had somebody tall, you can go ahead and start doing it, and I'll pass those out, and I'll still pray over it. Uh, my pastor taught me from the age of about 18 on, if you'll let go of what's in your hand, God lets go of what's in his hand. And here's what I'll tell you. God's hands are a lot bigger than your hands. Amen. You be faithful with the little, God will, God will give, you, give you much. He'll, he'll make you, uh, he, he'll, if he can trust you with a little bit, he can trust you with a lot. I know somebody's thinking, well, if, if I had it, I'd do it. You know, if God, you know, if, if I had it, I don't have it. I'm telling you, you got to, you got to trust God. Right. Had somebody one time, I mean, said if God make, if God just give me, a, that was when the lottery first started. Had a church member come up in Houston. We're pastoring Houston. They come up and said, if I win the lottery, I'm going to, I'm going to, do you know how much that tithe check's going to be? I wanted, my flesh wanted to look at them and say zero because you don't give now. That's what my flesh wanted to say. But I didn't. I said, I don't know. I hadn't figured it up. You know what I thought? Because I'd been taught this, and I'd seen a word. You know, it don't even make sense for God. You know, you pray, God bless me, and I'll do it. If you're not doing it, all you'll do it be as a bigger thief. Thank you. Isn't that a great way to end church on Wednesday night? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Let me just pray over you and pray over you. You're giving. And I'm not, let me tell you, you me tell you what I love about you. Y'all are some of the best givers. Do you know our, I, I, I mean, we have a lot, I mean, y'all are givers. And, and I, I so love, I, I so love that about y'all. Amen. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to just worship you tonight, uh, that the word, uh, that it will be settled in our hearts and lives over, over, over things in our life. Father, I thank you that we're going to live the kingdom life, and uh, we're going to uh, listen to you and what the word says, and we're going to be doers of the word and not hearers. Father, I thank you. I just keep hearing the word bless, and I know that word bless means to increase. And God, so I just thank you for the opportunity to worship you in our giving tonight. And I thank you for blessing both gift and giver in Jesus' name. And be with everybody. And then let's pray real quick as you're, as you're getting your stuff together. Friday night, this room's going to be full of teenagers. God, just keep your hand on them Friday night for the night.